This is the best of The Run Home with Joel and Fletch. Catch them weekdays for the all-new Hyundai Kona. Welcome to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch. It was great to be back and great to have your company as well. We went all sorts of places. Vegas. We spoke about Vegas. We spoke about three-ply versus one-ply. We spoke about the elephant in the room. Great to be back, folks. Enjoy the show. The great Brian Fletcher, president of the BNS Ball, the Sleaze Ball 94 Ball, and he's here. Hello, Brian. Hello, Sugar. Hello, listener. Hello, Brooks and the tourist. Jesus, it's been a long six weeks. Has long six weeks. So much has happened mm. uh, to me and to you guys. Yes. <laughs> um, but I remember it was 1974. Now it's 2024. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I'm 50 this year. Yeah, oh, I'm turning 50 this year. Dang. So I'm waiting for this midlife crisis to happen. So but can you not? So you you played in the grand final mm. 24 years ago against the Broncos. I did 24 years ago. I, I was in Bali 24 years ago. Yeah, in a pool. Jack Ellsgood wanted to build Jason Taylor. <laughs> oh, it was good times. Yeah, so I got we. I know what you mentioned there about the sleaze ball in 1994. Um, now, nah, hold fire, hold fire. You we, want to talk we, about that? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do an elephant in the room segment a little bit later on. Hello to you, Tezza. Hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Whack. That's coming up oh, a little bit later on. on. Tourist. Here he is. Tourist. So, tourist, we've not seen you since you you went home. How was no, that? December fourth, last time I saw you boys. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Great holiday. Good to see everyone. Um, and I'm definitely staying here after staying with my parents for two weeks. Really? Mm. Oh, yeah. You've got me for the long term. So this is your second <laughs> yeah. time leaving home, right? Yes, kind of. Yeah, I guess so. W- did you leave on this occasion very settled that here's where you want to be? I was settled before I went. And then, yeah. And then it's certified. Yeah, okay. this is this is where we are, boys. Can I ask you a question? Um, now, when you went back home yes. and you have your lovely fiancé, or not fiancé. because we fiancé. Thought, we no, thought no, 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 no. Was there any shenanigans in the <laughs> house, in the parents' house? Because... I need to find out what's going on because I'm the father of three daughters. Uh-huh. Uh, could be boys sleeping over. I just need to know the rules, um, rules of engagement. Mm. No, uh, there was no shenanigans. No, no, no. What well, about porking? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we had uh, two weeks in Edinburgh in a hotel. Oh, and right, then so we went it, up to my. You friends. got it out of your system. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it is, uh, it's, no, it was a good trip. Well, are you going through that yet? Like, uh, if boys yeah, stay we've, over. We've got a sleepover happening. Yeah. But yeah. in the same bed? Yeah. Oh, same no. room. I'm not doing She's that. She's an adult. I, I don't believe it. It's your rules, your roof. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my roof. Um, my rules. El Capitano <laughs> makes the rules here. How are you? Oh, Brooks? good to have you back, Chance. It's good to be back, the four of us. Mm. And the team photo before, mm. which is always good to start the season. It is good. Do you reckon we're a top eight side? Definitely. Who are we up against? <laughs> There's only eight. <laughs> so we'll make the semis? <laughs> but yeah, we should. Okay. Everyone makes it. Do you reckon the Windies cricket team is our next team other than an Australian team? Yes. If you're an Australian fan, oh, no, which Kiwi. overseas oh, team okay. in what sport would be the, the next we would support? I think it would be the Windies cricket team. I'd say Kiwis. I love of Kiwis. what sport, though? Cricket. The Kiwi, you would support them more than the Windies? Yes. Oh. Yeah, yes. I... I... I think we've got a bit more of a rivalry, haven't we? I don't mind the Blackcocks yeah. either. That's <laughs> the New team. No, the New Zealand badminton team. <laughs> I dig I dig them. They're undefeated. Uh, <laughs> they are. They're undefeated, tourist. Uh, hey, Google boys. it. Um, <laughs> we have to stay up the modern times, Brian. Whilst I'm not sort of heavy into social media, yeah. TikTok, I think, I think we've got to it's do it. Yeah. I think we've got to do it. 
Although the Chinese, um, they own it. Mm. And there's all the, the talk that they're getting into our private, uh, you know. <laughs> or Ru- our details. Russells. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I don't think they're Russells. <laughs> oh, sort of. Yeah. Indirect uh, Russells. Well, it's a bit like the line bikes. Remember when the line bikes came out, the green ones and the now there's purple ones everywhere? People are saying all they want is the uh, Sonya. Mm-hmm. That's what they were generating like game apps to get your Sonya. So you would download like a game or something and it'd be Sonya's, yes. yeah. Sonya Central. Yeah, the uniforms. So uh, it's worth <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of money, I understand, your data. But why? I just delete all those mm. rank emails I get. Yeah. I mean, how much lube do you want? <laughs> <laughs> it's a numbers game. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Listen to The Run Home with Joel and Fletch. All thanks to Hyundai. The Hyundai 2023 SUV sale event is on now. And by the way, before we go to the break, Brian, I yes. think we have a little WVW to kick oh, off. Oh, yeah. 2024. Let's, let's cr- chromey. Goulburn, the venue. Race five. The start. I've missed the price. Little Bayo is the runner, yeah. We've got Scotty Bayo. Who's yes. Scotty Bayo? Scotty oh, Bayo. Name what? him. Uh, Party Five? No. 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 Charchi? Charchi. Yes. Charchi. Yes. And Joni. Mm. Joni? Joni loves Charchi. Joni. Yeah. Loves Charchi. And uh, without further ado, let's get straight to this brand new segment, please, tourist. <laughs> so we're going to use that, Brian, throughout the year. Yes. If something sort of, if you find that there's a, an issue that everyone's avoiding, mm. It's an elephant in the room. We've got to take it on head on, head first. Yes. So what happens is the text goes out, photo of you and I, 2024, you've got the thumbs up, poking your tongue out like all the young girls do in the photos. I am not. And it says, tomorrow the boys are ready. Joel and Fletch back for 2024. Tune in live from 3 p.m. on SEN 1170 a.m. That's um, daylight savings time, of course. Mm-hmm. And the first response was Terry Fotopoulos. Hello, Tez. Hello, Tez. He says, for what it's worth, Fletcher used to urinate on other guys' shoes and legs <laughs> in nightclubs in order to provoke fights. The guy is no good. <laughs> so Brooksy's replied with the eyes up, right? Mm. <laughs> and then you've replied, well, it was Sleazeball 94 and you were frolicking in the trough. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I, don't, I, I certainly... When I do uh, this, obviously going out in the old days and go to nightclubs, <laughs> I certainly never got in a fight, so I, d- mm. I did enjoy myself. I can't remember ever weeing on people's ankles or shoes, <laughs> unless it was in the Brasco. Yeah. So Terry, if you could just maybe talk to us, <laughs> maybe ring up and say where and where it was, yeah. where, when and where it Evidence. was. Evidence. It's, it's alleged. I did, I did play with a certain first grade rugby league player who was notorious for weeing in pot plants. Oh. Because he had really bad bladder problems, so he'd be at the bar, and yeah. all of a sudden, oh, the 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 um, inside plants, yeah, indoor plants. He'd have to go into the into the. But I've I've heard of people mm. urinating. Although in Mexico, this is a little bit of a fun fact: in the cantinas, when you go to the bar, yes, they've got a trough at the bottom of the bar. Oh, yeah, made out of cement. So everyone's just whipping it out. Yeah, underneath. That was the... an old cowboy's go. I do have a little bit of a. I suppose a bit of an issue. I went to a fairly flash restaurant in Sydney and they, like, quite expensive. Mm. Drinks were expensive. Obviously, food's very expensive. Toilet paper, they only use one ply. One ply. Really? If you're making that, like, if you're charging customers. One ply? One ply. Jeez, it was bad. Almost straight through the finger. (laughs) (laughs) And And then they send you back out there. That's right. To compete for more food. Correct. Wow. You got a minimum three. 
Oh, minimum. Minimum. In, if you're in a flash restaurant, if, if it's a if it's a mili- m- militia, <laughs> Michelin, if it's got a hat, we don't have Michelins here. Do we? we have hats. What's Wong rocking? Uh, Wong's not definitely not one. No, definitely yeah, not that one. Was, that was good prodding there. For no, tourists. it's not. One ply, you die. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the motto. Three <laughs> plies, <laughs> supply. <Yeah. laughs> This is the best of The Run Home with Joel and Fletch. Catch them weekdays for the all-new Hyundai Kona. Welcome back to the best of The Run Home with Joel and Fletch. Now, what we're going to do, Brian and myself, we are going to zero in on a team every day that we're together leading up to the NRL kickoff uh, in reverse order. So 17th through to first based on last year. West Tigers fans, here's the West Tigers preview according to Brian and myself for 2024. We'll start with the previews, bottom up. So the team who ran last last year will kick them off, which is the mighty West Tigers, who are about to hand the wooden spoon over to someone else in 2024. We've had it twice, and that's enough, I think, Brian. Let's talk about the mighty West Tigers. It is the run home with Joel and Fletch. Uh, It's been a big, big show, and I should say tonight as well on Sports Day, Scotty Sattler and Woogie Matthews. They've just, uh, well, you start warming up about half an hour out, don't you, Brian? Mm. Would you like the warm-ups back in the day? Um... Yeah. Yeah, you get right into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to get out there. I used to like winning the warm up out in the in front of the crowd. Mm. You know when See a lot of people ch- don't like that. They want to see the crowd for the first time. Oh yeah, no. And then and then when the all the big stadiums had the ones built underneath. I just found it a little bit. You want to get out there and absorb the Did you play with Hopper at all? Uh yeah, I played City with Hopper. Mate, he he no warm up. No. He just walks around and runs out of the field. He does not he didn't warm up once. No. Andrew Walker's a bit like that. Was he the same? Fair Just enough. cruising around. I suppose you, you pretty much don't do it at uh, training. So anyway, West Tigers 2024. As Fletch, you always say, you have to go back before you go forward. Mm, it's a big saying of mine. Okay. Well, what are you thinking? Um, so they won four games last year. Yes. Second consecutive spoon. Yep. Averaged the fewest points in the NRL. That was a major problem. Sheen's left. Benji picks up the reins. Yep. Adam Dewey did his third ACL injury. That was Easter Monday. For Adam Dewey, Connor Tracy also had three ACL injuries. So it's not to say that he's done. Hopefully that's the, that's the end of them for him. The Poor highlights kid. for him? Rookie well, of the year. yeah. Jareem Buller, obviously, he's going to be – like he is potentially, you know, a 10-year yep. NRL player. Yep. I think he's that good. My – they got Justin Olam. We, we, we've discussed that before. They they lapped the Cowboys, put 70 on them. Yeah. They beat the Panthers. So yeah. there's a little bit of something no there. No Brooks, though. No, no Brooks. Brooks. Um, whether or not you think that's a good thing if you're a West Tigers fan, I don't know. A majority of people saying he, he needed to get out of there. I'm not so sure. Aiden Caesar's been over in England. Um, whether he plays seven or six, young Jaden Sullivan, I think Jaden Sullivan will play six. I, I think. Four year deal. Who? Jaden Sullivan. Yeah. That's that's big. It is big. Might mate, be... mate, he, he was pretty injury prone at the Dragons. Mm. Very sharp, though. Yeah. Very sharp. Sugar, um, I don't like to be the bearer of bad news, but I can't see him getting out of that bottom two. Yeah, I, I my declaration is they won't be bottom two. Okay. 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 Where, where do you know, see him? Maybe bottom three, but <laughs> but won't be bottom two. Okay. This is embarrassing. In, in a, and 
I'm not throwing any stones at the people there now because they can't control all of this, but this is quite embarrassing. The West Tigers, in a competition where half the teams play finals football, the West Tigers have not made the top eight since 2011. Mm. That's 12 seasons ago or 13 years ago just about. They've only made the top eight three times in 23 years. And last year, they gave more debuts than any other team, which is going to help you this year. There was four, Talon De Silva, Dream Buller, uh, Josh Felody, and uh, Kit Lalevi. So They've got the five new brothers, the yeah, three kids, kids uh, from Manly. Was yep. it the third one as well? There's three, there's three five new brothers. Yep. You've got um, Latu Fainu, Samuela Fainu, and Sione Fainu. Yeah. Look, they've got no doubt they've got the attack. When, when they get the ball in their hands, they, they look – you know, pretty good, and that, that's obviously Benji's strength, but it's the other side of the ball. It's you just got to learn to have that sort of defensive resilience when mm. a try goes against you and you just go, oh, you put you. But if they can learn to, to keep teams out, I know it sounds it's pretty obvious, but they're a team where they all get up and about when they've got the ball. Yep. Well, you've got to be a team where you all get up and about when you're defending your line. I love the Brooks departure. Yep. I love the um, Nofaluma departure. Yep. Okay. So you've got new leaders there to, to run the show. I think it'll be good for David Norfolk wherever he finishes up. It'll be good for Luke Brooks at Manly, and it'll be great for the West Tigers club. Um, and and I, you know what? I When they re-signed Norfolk I was completely against it. I couldn't believe the money they were spending him for so long. It did not make any sense to me. Luke Brooks, I've been saying for a long, long time that they had to sever ties yeah. for both parties. So I'm happy with those things. And I've also said, and I love the bloke, that I wasn't supportive of the signing of Benji Marshall, given the fact that I felt it was disrespectful to all those assistant coaches out there, all those coaches who have been plying their trade. But the bloke's a winner, yep. and I am liking some signs that I have seen. He has been around a lot of success as well. Um, him making that big call from Nofaluma, he he may prove me wrong. Mm. He, he's, he is a winner, Benji Marshall. So I, I'd actually believe that he'll have him heading in a far better position than what we've seen. Yeah. Yep. Well, um, it's just a, it's a big it's a big season for Papali'i. It's a big season for Johnny Bateman. Yep. You know they're experienced. They're rep- representative yeah, yeah. players. Uh, Appy's who just tries his ass off but every mate, week. Mate, they're, they're pack. And I know for a fact the New South Wales brigade last year were keeping a very close eye on for Norpole. Mm. So so this is a kid who the Blues camp have eyes on as potentially a future Blues player. Well, you go through their front row. Um, you took Amanu, representative player, Clemmer, representative, although he's yes. getting a little bit on. Yep. Obviously, Abby's there. Papali'i, Bateman. They're all... Pole, who we're talking about. Pop, yeah. Yep. So they're representative. They've got representative teams in there. But at the moment, it just doesn't seem that they just sort of have got much pride in their defensive line. Buller, I, I'd be interested, I, I should know the answer to this, but who who's controlling the defence at the Tigers. That's a key thing. Defensive coach? Yeah. Is, is Chris Hyington's there, who'd be great. He'd be running the blue shirt. He'd be great to be involved there, but I don't know. Is Robbie doing that? Not sure. Not sure? Couldn't tell you. Um, Jareem Buller, who's who's a gun. Uh, they've signed Jareem Buller to the end of 2026. Junior Tupo. He showed some good signs Very last good year, player. Didn't he? Very good player. And, and a fullback option, I believe. Where are you going to put Jareem? Oh, I'm just saying, like you, you do need cover there. Yeah. But he, he's a very good player, a centre option. And the, and the other thing, he, it is the depth too. Yes. And I know, I know they've got a big nursery and they've got all these young kids coming through, but it is a big ass throwing an 18, 19-year-old. 
around a team where they're not going great. You know, right. you can you can th- you can make a debut if you're a Melbourne Storm or you're a Roosters. You can get protected if you're throwing a kid in there. Mm. We can see why Wong. I mean, yeah. he's a yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a little bit different. Um, so you're saying fifteen and up, you'd be happy. Yeah. Well, how many wins do you think are you happy if you're a West Tigers fan? Um, what they get last year was five wins. Um, I think I think six or seven wins. Yeah, Se- seven wins, seven wins. They'll be competitive. There's enough, there's enough teams, and it's a hard enough comp yep. that you've got to be up for so long. They can cherry pick some wins. I will say this: the worst is behind them. Yep. There you go. Yep. So within the next four or five years, I think this, you know when they say you've hit rock yeah, yeah, bottom, yeah. I think they're they're on the way up. Charlie Staines, where where does he get to? Big year for Charlie. Yeah. Um, well, we know he can score tries. Mm. What's his position? Out now, winger. He's an out now winger. Yeah. He's a winger, mate. Mm. Can I guys ask you guys a question about this Jerome Luai situation? Benji said he didn't want to talk about it because it's disrespectful. He's signing for 2025. But if you're in a club and you've had two spoons and there's a bit of optimism, there was a bit of a change with the board, you've got Benji coming in, but then you've got this marquee signing. It's sort of exciting, isn't it? Not only for the future, but your own game because you want to be there to see the change. I know you've talked about Brooksy going, Nofaluma, two, probably two of the big veterans from the Tigers. They hadn't made the final since 2011. Like, it's exciting. I mm. think I think they're definitely an overs team. Like If you think they might be bottom two, they could have the potential to be at the top of that bottom nine. Mm. So do you think like it's going to be a good thing, the Luai thing? Of course. Like in t- oh, in you mean for 2024? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, light, light a fire under Sullivan and Caesar to want to partner him? I don't really they think that far ahead. No, I don't think no? so either. Uh, not not with just, that. Everyone's just like, let's just focus here. Yeah. Next game, this month, yeah. whatever it might be. He's going to make the joint stronger 2025. Good for fans, right? Sponsors. Something to look forward to. Something to look forward to. Yeah, Richo's a big call. In saying, that, that, in saying that, he has to have a good season, Jerome, because if he doesn't have a season that we've become accustomed to, then all of a sudden the Tigers have got a bloke on mega cash for a big contract. So, yeah. yes, they'll be excited, but he has to have a big year. He's got to start playing because he's never played to a $1.2 million a year player. Never. Yeah. And, and the Tigers have said, we're going to give us an amount of money that you've never actually played to. So he needs to have that type of season to get the Tigers up and about to go, yep, we paid the right amount for this bloke. I'm going to throw something out there. Oh, Yes. Kick out to the Tigers 2025 or six. Really? I'm just trying out there. I have no intelligence. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we know Clip that. it. Clip it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch. The Dragons, St. George Illawarra Dragons. There's a new boss in town, Shane Flanagan, and he caught up with us. Brian, Dragons fans, get ready. It's a new dawn, and I'm pleased to say. Joining the run home with Joel and Fletch, the great Shane Flanagan. G'day, Flano. G'day, boys. How are we? Well, more importantly, how are you? How's things going down south there? Well, we're not actually south. We're up the north coast. We're up at um, Terrigal. We're in a camp all week, so uh, it's very, very good, to be honest. The Skillion Hill, have you found that yet? We have found that. We went up yesterday morning and won't be going back up again. Nah. Have you met a bloke called uh, Bob the Boss? Is he floating around near you? Bob the Boss has been the star of the scene. He's been a very good host. Excellent, excellent. So now um, what goes on in these pre-season camps? Is it all about just getting flogged? Is that the whole (laughs) idea of it? 
Uh, not really this week, Fletch. We sort of, you know, we've been back, you know, obviously after Christmas and we just thought it was a good week to get away before um, the trials start um, and, you know, have a bit of connection, you know, some players um, mixed with other groups and, you know, go to breakfast, have some lunch and train really hard. So they've had some big days, They, uh, you know, three sessions per day. Um, today we've just got more of a planning day. So some big days um, and, you know, just a bit of a bit of time to connect and, um, you know, be around each other, play some cards and uh, go for a swim and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, really good week. Flano, as a player, you started your career at the Mighty Dragons. Uh, just the St George Dragons mm-hmm. back in those days before the merger. How would you say your pre-season back in those days compares to what happens today? Oh, it's completely different. Mate, we used to train Tuesday, Thursday and a barbecue and some beers on Saturday. So uh, it's completely different. Um, you know, we were working back then. Um, I was, as Fletch knows, an apprentice plumber. Um, so, uh, you know, these days it's, you know, it's full on. Um, you know, they're, as I said, two or three sessions a day. They, you know, they get a couple of days off a week if they're, if they're lucky and, um, you know, they're just full-time professional athletes and, you know, and they've got to be football players as well. Flano, I've asked Sticky this question before. Um, obviously, he's been coaching for 20-odd years and the this generation of players have changed. And I said, you've had to change the way you – I'm talking about Sticky, the way you coach. Mm-hmm. And have have you, have you found a – I suppose because you've still been in the in the game, but have you found it, it, it is a totally different generation of players? I, I mean, no, like the way they – respond to criticism and 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 stuff like that yeah without a doubt fletch um you know the way you you know approach plays the way they learn um the way you got to you know obviously assess how they learn obviously the the, the age of mobile phones and you know technology um you know back then we used to have the the video the you know vhs video and fast forward and back you know these days you can pick up you know passes left to right tackles made on your left shoulder you know, kick off. So anything, any sort of action that you want to see, you can get up on um, your computer within a couple of minutes. And those players have been brought up in that generation. And, you know, then that's the other bit, you know, how they react to criticism, you know, how you speak to players. Um, it's just changed, you know. And obviously, you know, I started with Sticky and, mm. you know, some of, you know, not I'm not speaking from Sticky's bar, but even when I was younger as a coach, the way I spoke to players and treated players is completely different than it is now. It just, it just You just wouldn't cut it. You wouldn't have a job. Do you think you wouldn't have a job because the players would be off you, or do you think the, uh, I suppose not a HR department, but would people come in and say oh, you're not allowed to speak to people, you can't speak to players like that, or, or that's what I'm I just think, trying to I work think in everything, view. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think everything has just changed, Fletch. I think you know the way a lot of workplaces were 20, 25 years ago have changed, and you know the players of uh, today, you know they they train really hard and. Um, you know, they've got to be treated in the right way. We've got to have the Players Association, how, how much contact we do, how much wrestle we do and, you know, how much we expect of players. It's a, it's a tough job. Um, you know, everyone thinks it's been an hour of players on this, you know, get paid heaps of money and, uh, you know, up in the, the stars. And But it's not. It's a, it's a tough job. Yeah, they get paid well, but, um, you know, it's a short career and they've got to make the most of it. And um, it's definitely changed. And we've had to, you know, obviously, you know, me and Sticky and a lot of other coaches have had to change along the way because, um, you know, as I said, when I started, it was VHS videos and all that sort of stuff. Now it's uh, a new technology. We have drones, watch our training. Um, you know, we have video analysis, we have GPS, we can tell how fast you run, how many metres you run, change of direction. Um, there's so many different things come into it now. Non-rugby league coach, is there someone you look up to, Flano? Um, 
non-rugby league coach. That's a good question, mate. Um, I look up to a few people, obviously, um, you know, but a lot of them, a lot of them have um, been involved in rugby league. It's sort of a mentor for mine. He's not with us anymore. Was Ron Massey? Yeah. Um, you know, he was, uh, a, you know, a real smart footy player. He was in, uh, footy coach. He was involved with Jack Gibson and all that. And then later on in life, he was just, you know, really good sounding board for me. So, um, and you know, just recently, my dad passed. So that was, you know, I always went to him with a bit of advice if I needed to. Um, you know, get a reality check or was I doing things right or should I look at something different? He was always one to go and bounce things off. No, I know that's pretty raw too, Flano. And thoughts, thoughts of you with yourself and the family there. Um, Dragons fans, we are talking to your coach and Georgia Lawara, Shane Flanagan, terrific fellow. And I'll take you back to 2011. You'd had a few games at the back end of 2010, but your first assignment mm. as your head coach really in four was 2011. Now, the side was coming off having finished second or third last. So it's a very familiar assignment to what, or similar assignment, Flano, to what you have now. Do, do you see mm. a similar challenge? And, and what you were able to do at the Sharks within five years, won a premiership. But more importantly, within two years, you made the club a very regular uh, attendee when it comes to finals. Does it feel like a little bit of deja vu, so to speak? Yeah, it does. Um, you know, and I hope I can you know, do the same sort of stuff that we did at the Sharks. Um uh, I think this this team, the group of players I've got here, are, are well in advance of that group that I had at the Sharks. Um, yeah. You know, I I just think you know they've underperformed. There's some really good players here, yeah. uh, some really young talent, some elite young talent, and as a club, we've underperformed. And you know, our best player to our player number thirty have all realised that, and we've had a, a really good look in the mirror over November, December, January, and. Um, they all know that they've underperformed and I just think we're way ahead of that team that I had in 2011 and we'll get to where we need to do a lot quicker. He once had a bill that overperformed Fletch. I saw Flano at a Thai restaurant. He was there with a few uh, allies. The big man might have been one of those and um, they had asked for the bill. So, so I went around. Well, and Joel, oh, Joel loves this one. <laughs> <laughs> so I snuck up to the owners of the shop. I said, how much is that bill? Thinking They were thinking I was going to pay yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah. Right? They said, "Oh, it's 165." I said, "I said, can you make it 285?" <laughs> so the bill comes out, and I'm hiding behind, stealthily looking, at, and they're all questioning the bill. And Flano's blowing up. It was magnificent stuff. Um, Flano, you remember that night? Yeah, I do remember. That was one of your best. Uh, you're not, you're not a funny person. No, no. <laughs> but you mustn't have been, you mustn't have been too drunk then, Flano, because yeah. usually when you get blind, you don't really mind looking at, looking at the bill. Flano, I want to ask you about young. No, well, I usually ask the missus, what, you know, how much is that? Because she usually goes and pays, and she said two sixty five, and I nearly fell off my chair. Was Broman with you? Oh, he would have paid if he was with yeah. me. So, no, if he was with me, it probably would have been too. That's right. That's what I was, that was, that was thinking. That's right. Hey, Flano, what about young Cody Ramsey? Um, how's his recovery? Do you think you'll see him play this year? No, we won't see him play this year, no. Fletch. He's um, had a real battle um, with his illness, and then post illness, he just um, just seems to be getting on top of it and get some infections. And he's been in and out of hospital um, a lot mm. of time, lost a lot of weight. Um, I'd have to say he's um, a lot better now. Um, he just recently had a young baby, which is great. Him and his partner, um, and you know, obviously, the focus for him now is obviously look after his young family and just mm. get back to normal health. Uh, football is probably a, a little bit of a um, a long way down the track, and if we can just get him twelve months out of hospital and um, looking after himself, put some weight on him, you know, there's a chance he can come back and play rugby league. But at this stage, it's not a priority for him or the club. 
Is there a priority on this new rule, this short kickoff rule, the mm. short restarts? Um, it, it makes you think, that's for sure. But uh, where have you landed with that? Yeah, I'm not too sure, um, boys. I just think it, um, obviously, it's a skill to be able to execute the kick and get it in the right spot. And then there's some other skills to, you know, bring it down and make sure that you get the kickoff reception or the dropout reception that you just earned. You know, mm. if you trap sides in the end goal, you'd like to think that you get the ball back. But these days, you don't. You're not guaranteed of anything. So um, it's a real art. I'm really interested in the other rule as well, that the downtown rule. You know, obviously, you can't go um, before the kicker has kicked it. So, uh, you know, the blockers and blokes mm. sort of taking a little bit of a head start. I think that's a big one. I think we're going to see a lot of penalties from, you know, just middle forwards. You know, once they've played the ball, they head downtown and, you know, dummy halves, they pass the ball and head downtown and some middle forwards, blockers, they just block. And then, you know, as soon as the ball gone past them, they head downtown and you can't do that anymore. So there's going to be some penalties there because of bad habits sides have got themselves into and, the dropout and the kickoff, the short kickoff, has always been a skill, as I said. But um, now, you know, our side's just happy to give a play the ball 10 metres out from their try line um, and 10 from in from the touch line and just say, well, do your best. I'm not quite sure how it's going to unfold. And I think every side will have probably, uh, it'll be related around their skill set of their team. Have they got a really good kicker that can nail it and some tall timbers up like if you look at the roosters you know mm. they, they've got some tall timbers up the front you know they should be able to bring a lot of those balls down if they get the kick in the right spot so you, i think it's going to be game planned about you know what sort of talent was in the team and skill set within the team that you're playing against i forgot about that rule the uh, downtown rule yeah. hasn't that always been around though flano isn't, it has, but yeah. it's never been policed. It's no. never really, you know, been policed. The middle forwards just sort of head downtown. But now, you know, even the dummy half, we've had the referees come to training that, you know, if they pass the ball, they they have to wait to the kicker before they proceed downtown, um, go down the field. So it's definitely going to be a change of mindset for a lot of, especially middle forwards and dummy halves. So you just can't, once the ball's played, you've got to wait for him to kick it rather than mm. just not wait till he play, plays the ball. So you can still be in front of the kicker, but you can't move forward until he's actually forward. kicked the kick, kick the ball. So, I so you'd never ever get him kick chase flesh. No, 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 no. Well, I had Rico and Fitzy. <laughs> I had Rico and Fitzy. I said, "Go, on, boys, run down." <laughs> no. I just hang yeah, out with well, Jack. Your, good. Your strength is bo- your strength is ball playing flesh, wasn't it? Well, sitting on the bench, coming off the bench, and just uh, <laughs> or Mad Monday. So I was very good at that too. Hey, Flanner, how's the young bloke fitted in? How's Kyle fitted in? Yeah, he's going good. Um, he's put on a bit of size, so which is he's up around trying to push him to about 90 kilos. If you can get there, he's about 87, 88 at the moment. Um, I think he's been worked really well with Ben Hunt, um, you know, taking a lot of pressure off the halves that Ben's played with have been sort of younger blokes that have been a bit more instinctive and haven't had, um, you know, their quality hasn't been um, organisation where Kyle's probably biggest strength is organisation and he, he takes that off. Um, ben doesn't have to get the ball all the time now. I think in previous years, you know, especially say like on last plays, like oh, yeah, if I'm coaching against the Dragons, I'd just say, where's Ben Hunt? Because yeah. that's where it's probably going to go to. Well, now it's not going to be that. And uh, we've got a bit more uh, take the pressure off Ben that he's not the key, you know, organiser, uh, last play specialist, uh, the person that's got to make the break, set up the plays. You can just go and do your job, Ben. And Kyle's taking a lot of pressure off him. So I think it's good, been good for Ben and, and definitely good for Kyle. Um, we bought him as a utility, you know, that 14. I think he'll transition into nine over mm. a period of time. But, you know, since what happened with uh, young, young Amon, we're going to have to kick that down the road a little bit and he'll just have to uh, do his job, which he's quite happy to do and I'm quite happy for him to do it at six. 
Welcome back to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch. True Crime Tuesday. This man's been on before. He was on fire, so we got him back. Moz, Mark Morrie from News Corp. Here he is with an update with Roger Rogerson. Tuesdays on the run home with Joel and Fletch. We discuss, dissect and delve into crimes of the past. It's time for True Crime Tuesday. I reckon, Brian, uh, this next fellow has the board lit up as a keeper last time. Yes. And when it comes to True Crime Tuesday, they love him. His name's Mark Morrie, News Corp. Uh, crime Corp. editor, news <laughs> news crawler, <laughs> <laughs> news corp crime editor Mark Morrie, welcome to the run home. Yeah, g'day guys. Now, Moz, big couple of weeks, big week. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the Dodger Roger yes. Rogerson today. Um, are you all right with those headphones? Yeah, no, they're. Uh, you don't have to keep it on. You obviously have guys with bigger heads than me, which is bloody hard, you know, because I'm a journo. <laughs> um, okay, so. The life and times of Roger, obviously it's been well documented through, you know, various TV shows. From your words, how was he as a bloke? It was this really good company. You know, like really charming. We used to, we got on the drink quite a bit towards, you know, the last 10 years before he got locked up. Cause, uh, um, and he was, he's great entertainment. And you'd go to the pub and honestly, the amount of people who want to come up you know, go to the pub with you and you've got mm. people scurrying away from Fletch. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, with Roger, people idolised him. They thought he was dirty Harry and kept our streets safe. And mm. it, he was great at selling it. You know, and you conned me. I was totally conned. Right. You know. Um, but he was – well, obviously when he passed away, there was people who came out and said in his early career he was actually a very, very good policeman. A lot of people say he's very, a very effective policeman. But <laughs> – Kind of helps when you're allowed to load them up, fit them up. Um, he was getting information from the other crooks to lock up the competition. Mm. Um, so although he was a bit good investigator, and I remember when we we were talking, he was very, very proud. There was a horrible murder, 71, up at Barara, a young girl kidnapped and, and murdered. And I was actually in her brother's class. And Roger was so – he was talking about it, and it was great investigation work, how they, they nailed the guy. And he was very, very proud of that. So there were some, some lockups, you know, early in his career that he was proud of. But on the whole, he he was he was mixing with some of the dirtiest guys in the CO, CIB from the moment he joined the force. He was crooked, you know. So, do you think he became crooked, or do you think he he it was always his intention? I'm going to get in the police force, and I'm going to make money by doing the wrong thing, or I, it just fell into it. I think he fell into it, but right. I think. You know, there was all this, the dark side. He was taken to the dark side by, you know, mm. Nettie and all. Mm. Uh, you put the two intellects up. Roger wasn't going to be taken anywhere by Nettie. He was leading. You know, Roger was Super leader. smart. Very, very smart. Had a high IQ. Um, although, as smart as everyone we make, tried to make him out, he got locked up twice before he got done for Jamie mm. Gow. He was done by video, in, in, like on CCTV in 1990. He didn't learn his lesson then. No. You know, he was caught at a bank trying to put in a, all this cash. And that brought him undone back then. But yeah, he, he did come across as very smart. But I think he was bad from the start, mm. you know. I don't – I think you don't do what he did over all those years. I don't think you grow into it unless you're born that yeah. way. You so, know what I mean? So on that, Moz, did they ever um, land at a personality type for him? Was he ever branded with that? As, as far as like a sociopath or a... Yeah. I mean, I think now we yeah. all know that. And back then, I think it was, 
it was considered, you know, there were people scared of him mm. from really early, back in the 80s. You know, they were scared of Roger Rogerson. Here was a guy that didn't, like, he'd wander around with that. You know, you see that iconic shot, him with a shotgun coming mm. out of a scene. Mate, he, he instilled fear in people. So, And those eyes, if you ask the wrong question, you've got the look in that, that Roger look, you know, the, the blue I just go straight through you like a pair of thirty-eight bullets themselves. Mm. Um, so I always think that he was—he was a sociopath. He would kill. He didn't kill for enjoyment. He would just kill because it, if it was going to get in his way or was a threat, mm. you know, it wasn't. You know, he'd just do it. Or if it was business, I, I'd imagine he'd do it. You know, he—he—he'd kill without compunction. I, I learnt later, not while I was with him. Mm. I, yeah. I really, as I said, I just thought he was dirty, Harry. They were the times. They were, you know, even Warren Lanfranchi, you know, which is the beginning of the end of Roger, people say, he had me convinced. He said, mate, he was a drug dealing, um, armed hold-up mm. merchant. He'd pointed a gun at a cop. So he kind of made made you feel as if to go, you know what, we were just cleaning up the streets of people that shouldn't be there anyway, which was just a total fallacy. So, so, yeah. He's, so, he's, yeah, so he's been linked to other killings. Is that correct? Oh, mm. yeah. Uh, was, how, how, guilty of how many? Well, he's only been found guilty of one. Yes. Right? Um, and that was, what, 10 years ago? No, Jamie Gow. Yeah, 10 Jamie years Jamie ago. Jamie Gow's the yeah. only one, He's the right? only only one who's been convicted of yes. murder. Warren Lanfranchi, they talked about potentially in the line of mm. duty. He was at two other fatal shootings of armed hold-up blokes before that, also in the line of duty. So that's three mm. in the line of duty. Um, I know that he... I, well, I'm convinced that he is behind the disappearance of a woman called Lynn Woodward who in 1981 gave evidence at the inquest mm. and said, I'm going to expose all the corrupt cops, blah, blah, blah. Um, the coroner said, oh, okay, we'll come back and we'll get back into this. She walked out of the coroner's court, never to be seen again. Wow. And she, the story is uh, Roger and Nettie got her at the back of the coroner's court, took her away. You know, And that was before. Now, the ones that he was actually knew about or actually instigated, like, you know, um, Christopher Dale Flannery, Rent-A-Kill. Mm, yes. I'm Roger, you know, behind that without doubt, you know. Along. Had they been seen together? Like oh, a, yeah. they. So Christopher Flannery, who, this is the, the Drury. The Drury shooting. Yeah. The Drury shooting. But they were knocking around. So I'm just trying to – So I know it's a different time, but he had no problems knocking around or being seen in public with Nettie Smith. Nettie or Smith. With Flannery. Or Flannery. Flannery yeah. No one ever said anything. No. But other policemen, his superiors never said, stop well, knocking around you know, him. You're a, you've got to remember back then, the informants was a very a big part of how you, you got information on crooks. So you could sell it that way, couldn't well, you? Well, yeah, you mm. could sell it that way. Going, well, mate, you know, And that probably worked. Because Nettie would have been given up every other heroin dealer in town yes. so that you get rid of them, you know. Um, it was a different time. You know, the one thing I did hear about, because Flannery had to go. Well, and I even asked Roger about, you know, Flannery. I said, what? And he said, mate, he was a pest. He was a menace. He mm. had to go. And I've since, you know, a couple of people warned Flannery after the, the Drury shooting, mate, you're off. You're going <laughs> to, it's not a good place to be. Get out of town. And um, then he'd be there with Roger and Roger go, hey, mate, how are you going? He said, give him a cuddle. And then, you know, the next month organised getting him whacked. You know, so. and, and what was Roger's motivation for all that sort of, was he a punter? Like, did he? No, that's. So what was the money? It was just more money driven? Well, no, well, I think it, no, I think it was power. Right. Because to be honest, he, he only ever, you see him in um, secondhand Falcons. 
Mm. The first one was one when he tried to run me over back in 1986. <laughs> so I got sent there as a junior reporter. I didn't mm. know him. He'd been kicked out of the force, got involved in a punch-up. So, hey, sorry, sorry. Yeah. So in 86, how long was he in the police force for? Uh, well, about 20-odd years. Bef- so, yeah, so he got kicked out in, in 86. Four. Uh, they've got him under technicality for giving up an informant, which you're not allowed to do. And he said live on TV that Lenny McPherson and Nettie Smith were informants. And that was against police. Roger rules. said that live on TV? Yeah. Wow. There's a bit of a falling out between... Uh, I can imagine. Yeah. So I got sent along and um, I'm out the front <laughs> waiting. There'd been a few other media. had been there, you know, I was obviously the last in stupidly. And then I'm in the driveway when all of a sudden out of it, out comes Roger barreling in his Falcon. And I jumped out of the way and years later I said, mate, first time we met, you tried to run me over. He said, if I'd tried, you wouldn't be here. Oh. You know, he had just that little rascal look in his eye. So when did you become, well, not, not mates, Acquaint- not mate, yeah. acquaintances? Well, th- was did. he using you, do you think? To oh yeah, he was. So totally, you know, the, it wasn't till about 2005 that we really, and then we probably drank every two, three weeks for about 10 years. Um, it was after his, his second stint in jail, and I, I met him at a, a function at Bankstown. And I went out to, to try and meet him. I was told to go and meet him. Then after that, we met regularly. He came in and did a blog for us at, at the Daily. Oh, okay. Right? Um, on Underbelly. Yeah. When the Underbelly, the Golden yeah. Mile was on. So he'd come in and answer people's questions. And the payment was, we'd go over and I'd have to buy all his drinks. The thing with Roger is... He never put his hand in his pocket. And if mm. you did, you, you're a bit worried about what he was yeah, going to pull right. out. No, but you paid for everything. And that was his payment. It was literally as much as he could drink. And we'd go on these drinking things around Surrey Hills. And as I said, everywhere you went, yeah, you know, they wanted to talk to did him. Did he have family? Kids? Yeah, he did. He's two, married to Joy years ago and two daughters, uh, which estranged relationship. And right. then he married Anne Malocco uh, a few years up afterwards. Who also did a stint in jail because she refused to talk about, uh, she did weekend detention, you know, so um, not giving Roger up. Do, do you think there's any, because I, I thought when Nettie Smith passed away, there might be memoirs or, or things written down about what went on. Or is that not the the code? Like in the, well, in the old days, you don't, would, is there anything like that, do you think? Maybe I in a safety uh, deposit box? Th- no, I don't think Roger would have, um, you know, anything incriminating, although he, there's a, another reporter called Neil Mercer who just wrote recently. He said he's doing a book, very timely, on Roger and Nettie. He's very smart. He's waiting until they're both dead before it gets yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. not silly. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Best of the Run Home with Joel and Fletch. Don't forget to tune in live where possible, uh, 2 p.m. in Queensland. You can catch us or Daylight Savings Time, 3 p.m. anywhere else in Australia. To have your say, one 1170 or text 0457 736736, something piques your interest when we're not on air, of course, social media, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and now on YouTube, you can catch us. So uh, thanks for joining the program. We'll catch you next time.